Hello, and welcome to the LVP Architects podcast, where we're still talking about subjects to learn for your part three. And uh, today's podcast is on roles. So the key question is, do you know yours? It is important to know your role and appointment. And again, it's associated responsibilities and to whom, along with the roles and responsibilities of others. So, you know, it makes for a much more efficient design team. It's worth listing out for every procurement what roles there are available and just to compare between which procurement route whether the same roles are still there uh, in different stages within the reba planner works this will help you later on to answer the exam question so you're not tripped up they don't the roles don't necessarily change a lot they just their appointments might do um, where and when some typical roles are obviously the client so is it just a single client is it an experienced client is it a multi-headed client you know, so an example is a university, though a university, there will be a board that will be a multi-headed client. You have your client who might be inexperienced or might be uh, really experienced. The quantity surveyor, QS, important role, not just about money, really, though that's primarily why they're appointed to help control cost uh, and advise on costs. So, you know, they have their, well, if they're good, they should have their fingers to the pulse. They know what, what costs uh, can incur for what type project, you know, if it's an office block, if it's um, a housing development, if it's a university building, you know, there are different rates for those kind of buildings. And they'll be able to guide early on an approximation of X per meter squared of that type of building will be this roughly. And then as more detail is provided, you know, then they begin their measurements and they'll say, you know, you've got X amount of cladding, X amount of brickwork, X amount of internal walls of this and the other. So they'll help and contribute towards what's the best procurement path as well for that type. Um, They may advise that actually for that sort of uh, size, type of building, um, value. Currently, DMB is the way to go to get the best value. You know, their contribution is, is not to be knocked. Other roles are project manager. So project manager in larger scale projects are at the top just below the client and they will dictate they will guide and push the project in the direction it needs to go principal designer who is that we've mentioned on a previous podcast of its importance and its role so you know the principal designer is by default the client until someone is appointed they need to understand the building process really they they they're going to highlight risks and try and manage those risks and start their health and safety file obviously another role architect should be aware of that uh planning officer conservation officer structural engineers mechanical and electrical engineers civil engineers building control inspector or officer so obviously there are private versions of these landscape architect fire engineer acoustic engineer the main contractor themselves, the principal contractor, their version of the principal designer. So when they're appointed and they are in control of the site, they're responsible for all health and safety. So they have a principal contractor role within the main contractor who deals with all that. And then you have your subcontractors. Obviously, there are many more roles. So it's important to understand how does it work? Who's appointed to who? So who does the client appoint? So in a traditional versus a design and build versus um, management constructing procurement routes. Get your your head around where the contractual links are and the responsibilities. So I'd recommend for each procurement type, you kind of map out who's linked to who by 
contract and by liability by communication as well. What you'll find is some clients in some contracts where they appoint a main contractor to do the works who then appoint subcontractors. There's obviously the liability route is only between main contractor to client and some clients and some contractors as well. They like to produce a third party warranty. So it's like a a side contract between client and subcontractor. So what that means is should should the main contractor go bust or should something happen later on in the main contractor no longer exists, that subcontractor who did that bit of work that may be faulty now, the client has a route, to, a legal route to get them to fix the problem or resolve the problem. Or if there's a dispute, they have a means to go through contractually. Obviously, if you get novated, if you're an architect and you get novated from client to contractor, your role and responsibilities may slightly change your liabilities will definitely change obviously in the first instance before you're novated you're for the client your responsibility is to the client when you're novated that link is broken you now are contracted and liabilities are to the main contractor also you could diagram on their communication you know if we take design and build again as an example the communication route before novation is quite clear the architects talk straight to the client you know, unless it's a huge project, in which case it might be via a project manager um, who would be at the top of that, just underneath the client in that diagram. Once you're novated, your communication route is through the main contractor to the client. And again, if it's a large project, it'll be through the main contractor via the project manager to the client. You're no longer got a link to the client. You have to follow the certain procedures. And again, the client wishes to communicate something to you. It has to go through the main contractor. So just be aware of that. And I would diagram them all just to get your head around it. So that when it comes to the exam, if in your case study, you talk about, I don't know, communication, there is something about the breakdown of it, or there was some issue that was a consequence of the procurement type. And you want to elaborate more on the contractual links or the communication links, these sort of diagrams that you could make are, you know, visually they help. They're useful not only for your exam, but your case study. In your exam, it's all about having it fresh in your head so you could draw something. We, we talk a little bit later in another podcast about the exam and sort of how to help you because you've got limited time to answer those questions. Okay, I think we'll stop there. It's pretty much, you know, that. like I say, there are many other roles. You just need to be aware of what they are. What's your link between them? in terms of contractual communication liabilities for each procurement route. Okay, I think that's it for this podcast. Um, In the next podcast, we'll talk a little bit about the site. Um, Again, all of this is related to part three, so it's information you glean from the questions. So if you've enjoyed this, as always, or if you've learned something and you want to know more, by all means, go to the Amazon website and you can purchase my ebook and paperback version. It's called Unofficial Guide to the Architectural Part 3 by LVP Architects. See you next podcast where we'll talk a little bit about the site.